Welcome to Finding Health, the podcast that learns about the complex world of healthcare and gets you answers. My name's Brandon. I'm your host. Let's go figure this out. Ever have a rambunctious child who is having a hard time teething? Well, Miss Winslow's soothing syrup would fix that. In 1887, this medical product was sold to parents who wanted to calm their teething children. The ingredients? Morphine, chloroform, codeine, heroin, powdered opium, and cannabis indica. Listen, no one ever said the medical field always got it right. We know much better now how each of those ingredients can affect people, and why they may be very dangerous, not just in children, but in adults too. Thanks to advances in science and lots of research, we can feel more confident in many of our modern medical practices. But it is a field of learning and imperfection. It's possible society will look back in a few hundred years at the medical practices we have today and think to themselves, how barbaric. This week on Finding Health, I want to take you down a new medical rabbit hole. Let's, uh, let's go on an adventure. It's not quite what you think. Great, yeah. I, mean, I think this is um, a, a very important idea that is, is difficult for healthcare providers and patients to, to understand at first, um, but it's one that I think is, is really important to, to understand if you're going to navigate your way through the, the U.S. healthcare system. And, uh, and so there's this idea that has been defined by the uh, Institute of Medicine in a report back in 1999, which is medical overuse, and that's care that's more harmful than beneficial. This is Dr. Morgan. My name is Dan Morgan. I'm an infectious disease physician and epidemiologist and a professor at the University of Maryland. There was an interesting discussion going on in the late 90s. And no, it wasn't denim jackets, scrunchies, and crop tops. In September of 1998, the Institute of Medicine National Roundtable on Healthcare Quality, boy, that's a tongue twister, came out with an article titled The Urgent Need to Improve Healthcare Quality. And they laid out some pretty sweeping problems they saw in the healthcare system. Though they didn't address why the movies that came out that year were so awesome, I mean, Mulan, A Bug's Life, The Truman Show, The Parent Trap, solid classics. They did address medical overuse. Here's what they said about it. Serious and widespread quality problems exist throughout American medicine. Not to sound alarmist, but quotes like that, they get my attention. Uh, it, it's a really hard thing to kind of believe that, that there is any care like that, because obviously uh, you know, we'd only want to provide care that helps patients. Um, but but we know that it's relatively common that uh, you know through sort of a series of bad consequences or limited information, uh, we we often do provide care that that can be overused and not helpful to the patient. What kind of care are we talking about here? I mean, we hear a lot in the news about say the overuse of antibiotics, but are we talking about excessive testing? What are we talking about? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. So I mean, antibiotics is one of the um, you know I think the best accepted examples. Uh, getting an antibiotic for a, a viral disease like the the one that I'm getting over right now. 
Um, or it's um, also you know, been known to occur with uh, surgical procedures um, that um, back in the 90s, Congress uh, had a series of investigations trying to look at unnecessary procedures. And I think there's uh, procedures that are clearly known to be unnecessary. Um, if there's really good data to show that uh, it doesn't help you to have the, the procedure, but uh, I think the much more common problem is uh, procedures where we just don't really know if they work or not. And then uh, later, with better evidence, we find out that, uh, that you know it was theoretical that they would be beneficial, but that the harms ultimately outweighed the benefits. Surgical procedures that are performed on theoretical evidence that later we find out aren't helpful. I asked Dr. Morgan if he could give me an example. Yeah, I mean, so um, I mean, one one of the examples that be the be, well, I guess, two examples I think that are that are worthwhile discussing um, because it exposes some of the complexity. Um, I mean, one was a really common knee surgery in the past, uh, which is um, you know people having knee pain or arthritis, like like many of us have with age, um, and then getting an MRI and finding that they have a, a meniscal tear. So the, the pad that's kind of between the bones of your knee uh, often shows some fraying or tearing um, with use and with age. Um, and so for a long time, the procedure was to, to uh, go into somebody's knee and to, to kind of shave off and kind of try to clean up that pad, which theoretically, you know, sounds like a reasonable idea. Um, but then when people looked at it more closely in a series of randomized trials where people either had the surgery that where they actually did clean things off or they actually poked the instruments in but didn't do anything, and, and it's become clear over a number of surgery um, studies like that where there were randomized controlled trials that uh, there was no benefit to, to doing the surgery, you know, and only really the harm of having to recover from a surgery. So it's not perfect. Modern medicine works on the best knowledge of the day. And we've come a long way from feeding morphine and chloroform to teething toddlers, but we still make mistakes. After the break, we're going to talk about how common medical overuse can be. If you like our show, we'd love for you to get involved in our organization. We're supported by listeners like you. Visit us online at www.renaecfrank.org to make a donation of $20 today. It'll help keep us on the air and keep our organization running. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. It helps new people find the show and can help us get some visibility for those who might have the same questions as you. We're talking to Dr. Morgan about medical overuse, and I wanted to know just how big of a problem this is. Um, I'd say there's very big picture estimates about the frequency of, of overuse. Um, like a survey of doctors um, that, that came out last year found that about 20%, uh, the doctors estimated about 20% of the care we provide is probably unnecessary. Um, and the Institute of Medicine estimated that about a third of care may be unnecessary when they look at variation from one part of the country to another. In fact, a study in 2015 about medical overuse noted that the average Medicare patient sees two primary care physicians, five specialists in four different practices a year, and discovered that they could look at overuse using 19 potentially overused procedures, including 13 diagnostic, 
three therapeutic, two screening, and one monitoring procedure. In doing this episode, I was surprised to read and hear about just how often patients received unnecessary care. And I just kept thinking about how much money people were being billed for this care. Like, that's, that's a lot of money for care you maybe didn't need in the first place. So what can we, as non-medical professionals, do? When you get into specifics, I think is where it's really hard. And, you know, and for patients, it's, you know, I, I think it's, it's kind of unreasonable to think that patients should be the ones to try to figure out what is or is not necessary. Um, you know, for example, with this knee surgery, I, I think it's fairly uncommon now after about five randomized clinical trials in the New England Journal and elsewhere showing that, that there's no benefit to doing it. Um, but I think that, uh, um, you know, I, th- I think there's probably a number of procedures still where the, the evidence behind, you know, f- that it works or not is, is very unclear. So it's fair to say that more care does not equal better care. Yeah, I think that that you know that that's a great way to summarize it, and and I know that that was a, a you know that that quote from a, I think a poll of uh, elderly Americans, where I I think the you know the vast majority said uh, endorsed the statement they didn't think that more care was was better care. A third sounds like a lot. Is there just a misunderstanding of what kinds of care are effective that leads to this? I mean, I I think that is a is a real part of it um, that uh, there's not a lot of uh, re- I mean there's a lot of research into like how to get something approved or available for the FDA and uh, and if it may have some potential benefit in some population at some time but um, when when you look at the true impact of a, a lot of uh, you know, tests and treatments that we have um, the the absolute benefit so the the benefit to any one patient often is is relatively small. And um, and when they've done polls or they've done uh, surveys trying to ask um, either patients or or doctors um, how likely is it to help a patient, um, pretty consistently we see that that uh, that both patients and doctors tend to overestimate the benefits and underestimate the harms. It sounds to me like we're not far off from looking at some of these treatments that we do now, uh, as we do medical practices of the 16th century, and thinking how could we ever have done that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a, that's a great um, way of thinking about it, um, you know, and it's something I think about, like, what, what things will, you know, will, will we look back in 50 years and say, I can't believe we were, we were offering that to patients? Um, and it's certainly discussed often in medical school that, you know, a third of what you learn will, will not be true um, and that sort of thing. And I think the real reason is that a lot of what we do is based upon uh, kind of limited information, that it's, it's kind of based upon theoretical um, arguments, based upon uh, sort of what we know of underlying biology, but not necessarily something that uh, has been tried in like a clinical trial in real life. And um, I mean, there, there's work by a, a researcher out in, uh, in Oregon um, named Vinay Prasad, who's tried to look at medical reversals or essentially, you know, what are practices that we do that then new evidence comes out and we reverse course and stop doing those. And, uh, and he's found a, a really large number of things um, that we've stopped doing um, once better evidence came out. But, you know, unfortunately, we, we offered them and did them to a lot of patients who um, didn't benefit and potentially were harmed by them. I want to take a second to summarize this show. This can sound really scary, and it is. The medical field is a very intellectual practice. 
with lots of research, testing, trials, and more research, but it's still a practice. Our bodies are very mysterious, and each one is very unique, and modern medicine has come up with some great ways to extend our life on this planet, but it's still growing and learning and will change. So I want to encourage you to question things. Be curious. If you're visiting the doctor and they're recommending a surgery or specific treatment, talk to them about it. Ask them how the treatment was developed. Who funded getting that treatment through the FDA? Spend as much time with your doctors and nurses as you can asking about how other patients responded. Talk to people who have had that surgery or that treatment on social media. We live in a world where doctors can have very little time to spend with their patients. And while you should trust your doctor, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to talk about the science behind what they want to do to your body. I hope that the takeaway from this show is one thing. Visit your doctors, listen to their recommendations, but don't be afraid to get a second opinion or to ask for more information. You can always reach out to us on social media. We are on Twitter at finding underscore podcast, and you can visit our website at www.reneecfrank.org. We'd love to hear from you. Finding Healthcare is a production from the Renee C. Frank Society. It was executive produced by me, Brandon Stewart, and this episode was also produced by Mark Rees and Megan Crutchfield, MPH, who also does our fact-checking and research. Edited and mixed by the great Benji Block, a reminder that this show does not constitute medical advice and should not be substituted for medical advice. You know your body best. So if you feel like you're having an emergency, call 911 or seek the advice of a medical professional. Thanks for listening and don't forget to leave us a review. 